0: This is the Minds I Like podcast. Minds I Like is sponsored by Event-to-be Wellness and Kedore Natural Juices. And my guest today is Chloe. And how I connected with Chloe was I attended one of her writing workshops. And I just thought that it was an amazing experience for people that really Needed to happen to their way of self expression. And I really admired what Chloe is doing. And I wanted to introduce to the Minds I Like community the Ray Queer. Chloe is a certified Ray K practitioner, channel for divine light. Chloe is a guided spirit and a holistic health and consent educator doing her work as the Ray Queer, believing fiercely in the faith and strength within BIPOC communities. She stands to hold space for and witness the magic of self-healing power of herself and others. And I just want to say thank you for being a guest on my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciated how you read that. That was that was amazing. Thank you.
0: Oh great. I, you know, I just wanted to reach out to you and like I was mentioning, I attended one of your workshops on Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. And I really admired the structure and the approach that you took in terms of self-actualization mm-hmm. and developing people's self-awareness through self-expression mm-hmm. and writing. Yes. And I want to just reach out to you and just find out from you, how did you come to this wonderful journey of self-discovery? Mm-hmm. And if you can share with our listeners why you chose writing as a way to express identity and sense of self?
1: I think that in my experience, my process of learning wellness and of really starting to do that work on on unlearning and committing to my own health on a holistic level was something that I came to later on in life versus my writing and my artistry, which was something that I feel like I was born with. And so it's been a really beautiful process as I grew older and went through different experiences to now be in a space to marry the two, where I've worked on my craft for years now, and I have such an intimate relationship with writing and with literature and with reading and now that's able to translate into the work that I'm doing on a holistic level. And so I appreciate your attendance at the workshop because that was actually the first time that I had run a workshop that was very specifically blending mindfulness and also creativity. Usually, mm. mm-hmm, usually my workshops are oh. more about very specific things to do with wellness. For example, as a consent educator, I speak a lot about like youth consent, building better bonds with parents, speaking about things like safer sex positivity, wellness in the workplace. And so it was very much through that lens of holistic education and mindfulness. And so it was really special to now be able to transfer that knowledge and the practice that I've been in of just really existing in a way that allows me to make a habit out of checking myself, you know, and uh, being very mindful of the things that I say or the spaces that I'm in. And that only helps me to be a better educator.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I really paid attention to your language in terms of the way you were inviting people into the space and checking with them when they were ready to enter and just meeting people work they were at. And I really admired that. And I decided to develop a piece of that mm. and into my own learning style. Oh. And tell me in terms of your practice mm-hmm. as an educator, what are you noticing in terms of how people are included yeah. and wanting to feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. when they're in these groups?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that it's extremely important to very intentionally break down the rigidity that exists in what we know to be professional spaces, and that also includes mindful professional spaces. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that looks like being very transparent and putting the people at the forefront of my practice and putting care at the forefront of my practice. So allowing myself not only as a practitioner, but as an educator to be very vocal about the self first space. So creating those spaces where even though we're here to learn together and journey together, always letting my viewers know, or always letting whoever's joining me know that this is their education, this is their wellness. And it is important that we inject as much care in that as possible. Because as we're learning and unlearning, you know, it's not always an easy process. It might bring things up for people. It's just it's not something that can always be predicted. And that translates to learning as well, right? And so I appreciate you bringing that up. I work very intentionally to let folks know that we're here to take care of each other first as we learn learning can look like care as well. And even in professional spaces, there doesn't have to be this depersonalization, you know, that uh, I find, in my experience, it's just the way that I like to be genuine. And it's the connectivity that is really what allows people to feel comfortable in the space to learn and to unlearn, and to have these really important, but sometimes difficult conversations.
0: Most definitely. And tell me in terms of the structure of your workshops, how how have you found incorporating the mindfulness and, you know, just meeting people where they're at in terms Mm -hmm. of their style and how you place your intent with the group? Right. I think that
1: especially right now, it is extremely important to be very, very compassionate with people and that's because to a degree we're all kind of going through it right now you know globally and so the way that i've structured especially now that i'm doing a lot more things of course virtually and online is to underline my workshops with that knowledge that right now you know we might not be the selves that we were last year under different circumstances And so in that, there is a lot of barriers that I hope to to help dismantle so things like allowing folks to again like settle into the space in a way that feels safe for them so structuring workshops in a way that is interactive which helps folks who have been just sitting on a computer all day long or who might have limited interaction now that it's not really possible to gather as much and you know just really taking into account the whole self that is being brought to my workshop you know it's not just a person sitting here to learn it's a person. In a body who is experiencing a ton of things at once, who is still choosing to sit here, you know, and intake even more information than I'm sure they're bombarded with all day long, and so. Interjecting things like, you know, nice full break times, reminding people to unclench and move their bodies, encouraging people to look off camera, to turn the cameras off, to lay down, you know, just really making it accessible in a way that doesn't always look like sitting up, staring at a computer and just having folks know that whatever way they are coming into the workshop that day or the talk or whatever space they're joining me in that is who they are that day. And that deserves all the honor, no matter what their access needs are for that time. And so allowing things like interaction, but also allowing people to just listen if that's what they're there to do. Involving a lot of discussion is something that I find has been really awesome. Because if people are in school or if people are, you know, on their computers for work, it might not always be a situation where they're able to connect with other like-minded individuals and talk and gather. It might be more of a sit and learn type structure. And so I, I try to move away from that and allow opportunity throughout for people to communicate either in the chat or with their voice and have times for people to make connections to what others have shared. And activities, of course. And so I think just making it interactive in a very mindful way and in a way that considers what the full spectrum might look like of people that are here to just listen versus people that are here to interact versus people that are just here, you know, and just trying to to really be as accessible as possible
0: in that way. Mm -hmm. And tell me, what have you noticed with the individuals that have signed up for your workshop? Have you had some feedback Mm -hmm. and what has that transformation been?
1: So the workshop that you attended was called Creative Writing Reimagined, Infusing Mindfulness with Creativity. And what I was hoping to do with this workshop is not only provide like a basics one on one of the logistics of writing, but more importantly, my ultimate goal here was to create a space for us to dream together. And so for this reason, I made this workshop quite I opened up that space for visualization and we did a visualization activity together, actually. And we talked about what visualization is and how we're able to use our daydreams and those moments we zone out and our fantasies as opportunities to go inward and as opportunities to check in with ourselves, but also as an opportunity to really imagine and you know exist right now it's it's a time where we don't really know what's happening and that can feel very scary but we can dream about what we want to happen and what we'd like to bring in and so a lot of the feedback that I've gotten so far has been a quite a deep appreciation for that opportunity to really just infuse a little bit of light-hearted dreaming you know things that allow us to, not envision what we want or need to happen right away with any specific sense of urgency or not dream in reaction to our surroundings but more so enter a space where we can really feel what we need and call that to us and incorporate that in our lives but also in our art and the feedback so far has been very lovely and I think that people appreciate the space to not only connect with other people and Really, there, there's a lot of connection that has been missed and I think lost during this time. And so that definitely has been a thing that I've noticed a lot with people that do attend is the joy and connecting with other people and just the opportunity to listen to someone else's story and talk to them about it. And that definitely seems to be super helpful for people right now, just dreaming and connecting together.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in terms of your journey that led you to incorporate mm-hmm. writing as a therapeutic activity mm-hmm. and coping yeah. strategy, because when I think of visualization, mm-hmm. that's one of the key strategies that we would use for someone that has anxiety mm-hmm. is to help them to focus on a specific happy time mm-hmm. or moment where they had some mm-hmm. success. So they're not impacted by the negativity and some mm-hmm. of the thoughts that create those type of barriers in their mind and in their actions. So for me, when I hear visualization, I mean, it's a great mm-hmm. tool that we use. So I was just wondering in terms of self-expression, how did you incorporate yeah. the both of them?
1: I think that's so amazing that uh, you mentioned how writing as therapy and writing as a coping mechanism and a coping strategy, because growing up, I never recognized it that way. Growing up, I didn't have a very emotionally nourishing childhood. I was very, uh, as a child, really sad and very, felt quite disconnected from those around me. And so I was extremely drawn to literature and reading and writing. And I started writing very, very young. It was, It's one of my earliest memories. And so I think growing up with literature as my companion, I never really understood it for what it was to be a, a coping strategy and a coping mechanism. And so to hear about that, it definitely it tells me like wow that's so true writing is therapy and not only is it cathartic but it also is the i would say one of the first ways that we learn how to dream and one of the first ways that we learn how to visualize are creating stories and worlds or even if we're writing about ourselves and so i think that later on in life it was Not something, to be honest, that I really thought of at first because when I was uh, in my early 20s, before I discovered holistic healing or even knew what it meant to be interested in healing on a holistic level, which basically means to pay attention to all of me rather than one part of me. And so I deviated from writing and from art, and I was going through a lot of very intense trauma in my early 20s, and it didn't feel safe enough for me to write. And so uh, that was a massive disconnect that I had for a long time. And it actually wasn't until I started having more of an interest in my health, my mental health, and my own wellness that writing and that part of creativity started to reveal itself to me. And this time was in such a way where I could clearly see how healing and also just the magic that was created as a writer and the bodies of work that came from that, it was something that was affirming, but deeply healing and so. It made sense to me now as I find myself in this work of holistic education, of consent education, of connecting with folks um, and, and educating on this, that one of the first things that I started to think about, especially recently, is how I can marry that with creativity and how, especially to bring holistic healing to different communities is definitely what I want to do the most. And there is a massive community of queer Black artists or artists in general that are hurting or that are not sometimes able to pinpoint the parts of them that need their attention. And so bringing this work to creatives especially is very near and dear to my heart because I understand how as artists we put so much of ourselves into the work and that itself feels therapeutic and it is, but there's also another piece of acknowledging what we need and acknowledging that in itself that I think sometimes people might need some support in. And so I think that's definitely what I found that I was able to help witness that, to witness creatives um, start to think mindfully and just witness how that cycle as a creative myself has only helped my work and helped me feel connected to it and i understand it to as my connection beyond you know it's not something that is able to define us in a way that strips us of our identity as a human you know as artists we might tend to put our work above everything and make artistry our whole identity but just understanding that We are much more, we are so much, you know, as humans, we are so multifaceted and we have so much power and capability and magic that lives in us. And I think that for creative people, especially just leaning into that is so helpful and it can really help us uh, connect to the reasons why we turn to art in the first place.
0: Mhm absolutely. And if people needed to reach out to you and connect through one of your workshops, do you have some upcoming workshops that you'd like us to yes, be aware actually, of? Yeah,
1: actually, I have a couple coming up. So I'll be doing a series all through February with One People TO which will be releasing some information about that soon, but the Topics is essentially consent, but through the ages. So we'll be discovering and talking about a lot of different topics, talking about uh, consent from infancy, all throughout parent consent, children consent, what consent can look like in the final stages of life and the death process. And so coming up in February, (coughs) as well as, I'll be doing a safer sex positivity workshop in the next couple of weeks, as well as a talk coming up with Ryerson where we'll be meditating and talking about decolonizing our creativity.
0: Yeah, mm, Let me know about that. Send me the link I on that one for sure. That Over one there. is
1: coming up in February, first week of February, with a really awesome organization called Ally Squared, um, started by two Black people who really wanted to explore what genuine allyship is. And so they're having me in February to talk about what decolonizing our creativity can look like. And also one about financial self care, which will be coming up towards the end of February. So, a few, <laughs> quite a few workshops for anyone interested in keeping up with the workshops or talks or anything that. The Rayqueer is up to. I invite you to always check out our Instagram at the Rayqueer. We are finalizing therayqueer.com. So that should be up and running in the next couple of weeks as well. So hopefully by the time your podcast is out, viewers will be able to go check it out. Yeah, otherwise the Instagram is always up to date and I love to connect with people through DM if anyone ever has a question or wants to do a free consultation. Barrier free Holistic education is at the center of my practice, which includes financial barriers. So, yeah, I always want to let the community know that for those that are interested.
0: Absolutely. And I just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing with us what you do and your interdisciplinary way of expressing your art. And thank you so much
1: for having me and for attending the workshop. I appreciate the space and the work that you've been doing. It's just so important.
0: Thank you. Much appreciated. And you're listening to the Minds I Like podcast.